Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, along with my daughter and co-host, Lauren Simonian. Welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. And today, Lauren and I will be discussing how to flow with the changes in your life rather than resisting them. Lauren, are you <laughs> resisting change today? Uh, today? I don't know. Maybe a little bit. I think everyone resists change. Nah, that's not true. The only change I resist is when those darn updates come on the iPhone. I mean, God oh, yeah, bless. Yeah, you hate those, don't you? God bless iPhones, but oh, I always hit remind me later, and then I figure I have a reprieve, you know, for a few hours, twelve hours till, and then the little thing comes up. Your iPhone was not plugged in. Should I update now? No, no, don't, don't update because then everything changes and then I can't find something. Please, no more updates. Well, even though the updates are supposed to be upgrades, you still don't appreciate them? I hate them. You hate I them. mean, I, I like things the way they are. I don't know if it's if it's even if they're slower and not as efficient. Yeah. Oh. Now, 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 maybe maybe it's because look. I'm a, I'm a little bit older than you, a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And maybe as you get older, you, you just change is usually, I don't know, it's not always so good. You, you kind of embrace, it's called the devil you know versus the devil you don't. And, and maybe my life isn't perfect, but at least I know what it's all about. I can navigate through it. I can handle it. But I just... And, and, and I, I'm, I'm sounding a little bit more neurotic than I actually am, so... It's true, right? I'm not this neurotic. Please, please <laughs> confirm no, that. No, I, I will <laughs> confirm that. Thank you. So, so the the devil we don't know, the the updates, the upgrades in our computers and our iPhones. Younger people seem to flow more easily with that. Is is that true? Like someone like you, uh, maybe you see change a bit differently than say an old fogey like me. I don't know if that's necessarily true with change as a whole, but I would say that possibly when it comes to technology, as a younger generation, we're exposed more to being able to be adept at those sort of changes. We kind of can foresee what it will look like because we are so used to using the technology. So I think that with change, people tend to uh, be put out of their comfort zone and and they're forced to figure out new tools and strategies to use once they change. So because, you know, I'm a little bit familiar with the infrastructure of, you know, the way iPhones will update, I'm never really surprised at the new updates. But when it comes to other changes in life, I think I'm right there with you with resisting you yeah. know, unless I can catch myself and and reframe that resistance. Yeah. Okay. Okay, but I guess I guess those things that you're more adept at, but still, I, I think I think that younger people, they go camping in the wilderness with uh, nothing but a backpack. I mean, if I go camping in the wilderness, I like to drag my living room along with me. You know, I like 
It's true. But yeah, no- but at the same time, I think about teaching in, in schools and it's so funny because we, you know, we follow a very strict schedule uh, throughout the day. And so we are taught as professionals that if there's any slight change in the day, like if science class is going to end 20 minutes early because you need extra time to do your math, you kind of have to let the kids know with advance notice because a lot of them don't do well with sudden changes. It mm. throws off their entire day almost to hear that something will be different. That's interesting. Yeah. And and yet, you know, what when I think about it, and we often talk about evolutionary psychology. And if we go back, I mean, you know, Fred and, and, and Wilma Flintstone, they lived in a changing environment. I mean, let's face it, this world went from, I remember reading in the, the Miocene and, and back in uh, Africa, it was like 120 degrees. And it's been theorized that our species became somewhat aquatic at that point. Uh, we actually lived around lakes to, and just kind of immersed ourselves. And there was some that even said that even body hair and long hair were, were used for children to cling on to. I, I don't know if it's true or not. It was just one theory I read. But, but you, I'm talking about the adaptability. The environment went from forest to savanna to freezing cold to hot tropical. And, and yet our species found a way to keep changing. Maybe they didn't like it. Maybe, maybe it was like their way of saying about the iPhone, oh, no, 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 to change again. Uh, remind me later. But no, the, the environment did not ask for permission. It just changed. And our species had to change along with it. So, so yes, I guess we we have the adaptability in our DNA, but I wonder if if the resistance is just I don't know is it just like a knee jerk of wanting to preserve what we have, even though we are an adaptable species. Yeah, well, I was going to say also just because we're forced to change doesn't mean we like it, uh-huh. um, but but we are always there are changes constantly because they say change is the only constant in life, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that. Um, you know, we might not necessarily see someone's resistance because it's all an inward experience, but I do believe most people are programmed to resist change because it, it, it requires more of you. Okay, so why do you think some people handle change better than others? I think there must be some level of self-trust in the people that are able to handle change with fluidity because first of all, everybody who lives on this planet understands on some level that change is constant, that the only thing that is, you know, always true is that things will always change. So we all kind of get that. But I think the people that can remove their resistance to it have an easier time. And those are the people that trust that no matter what happens, if this change brings about new opportunity, um, then there will be space for new excitement. And if this change happens to bring about uh, an obstacle of some sort, then there's room for growth. Hmm. So the people that can. Yeah. So, so would you accuse me of lack of fluidity? Uh, in terms of certain things, yes. Come on. Like when we went to uh, Greece. Nope. Now watch. Be careful now. <laughs> Be careful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you you went through one hotel room after another hotel room. Well, I think it was the third hotel room before no, no, you felt no, no, comfortable no. enough to. Uh... No, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> it was only one one switch. We we wound up at this hotel room, which was above a nightclub, which housed 150 or more screaming young people. 
with live music and boom, 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 boom. And, and, and I wanted out. Now, come on, that, that, I want to change, but but that wasn't neurotic change. What, come on. That's true, that's true. It wasn't quite your scene, I guess. <laughs> that wasn't my scene. <laughs> it was a great nightclub though. Oh my gosh. I guess you're right. I was thinking more in terms of like, you didn't have your creature comforts with you, but I guess that was actually an extreme example of yeah, but I like, a... I like creature comforts. Yeah, I, th I think the older you get, the more you like your creature comforts. I mean, we used to do camping. Do you remember when we were, when we yeah, were? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, and I can't imagine doing that now, you know, unless unless I have maybe an RV, you know, with the shower and a <laughs> range top stove and all of the air conditioning. That we, we tend to, you know, kind of get complacent. But I think change is, is more in the realm of the youth. I, I think in the sense of handling change. I think as you get older, you become even more resistant to change, maybe because as you get older, you start to feel more vulnerable. So for anyone that's uh, over the age of, <clears throat> uh, maybe you're like me and you start to resist change a little bit more, damn that iPhone, I don't wanna change it, leave it alone. And then and then it changes and, and you, you cuss it a while and finally, you know, you, you navigate your way through it. So you overcome it. Uh, I guess, is it is it a youthful, do you have an advantage is what I'm asking you because you are so much more youthful than your father? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that because I just keep thinking about my students who can't adjust to a slight change in the schedule. And I guess not all of them, but for the most part, like any day that is is a special day is usually the most exhausting for a teacher because the, t the kids just kind of feel this massive shift and it's hard for them to find their ground again. So, and yet at the same time, I know that as, as a kid or a young adult, like you're more open to new experiences and trying new things and, and you don't necessarily cling to what's comfortable. So I don't know if maybe there's a difference between craving routine and structure and resisting change. Craving routine and structure. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think that's part of the devil we know. And and it's it's satisfying to feel safe. It's satisfying to feel secure. So so what we're really talking about then is is I guess a fear. And to overcome that fear, uh, it, it takes what I might call a willingness to believe and optimism that that not only can you handle change, but that you will adapt to change. Uh, how, how would you look at this whole COVID experience this past year? How, how do you how do you see that in terms of our change in terms of our adaptability? Well, obviously, everyone has really done an incredible job at adapting. Uh, I know this little restaurant right across the street from where I live, they have these igloos outside with fire pits and they're making a, you know, a way to make it safe for people to visit and have dinner and keep their business open. And that's just one small example of how people are adapting and finding these creative, incredible ways to move forward and still be safe. Um, but I also, to that point, wanted to mention this call I had with a friend the other day where we were talking about the irony of the pandemic situation in terms of our adaptability, I guess. And 
back in March when things started to close down, we felt, as I'm sure the collective felt, an an intense amount of resistance to what was happening because our worlds were being torn up from under us. And we just craved normalcy. We just wanted to get back to the way things were before. And now that so much time has passed and normalcy is on the horizon, there is this feeling of a slight feeling of anxiety that to shift our momentum back to what was normal now feels like a little bit resistance. So I think it just goes to show that anytime you have to shift momentum for any type of change, whether it's a good change or a bad change, it it is it requires effort and it requires a commitment to flow with it. Mm. Going back to normal. Let me get to that in a second. I just, you know, when you were talking about the igloos outside, and it's not that cold. It's they're not really igloos, are they? <laughs> no, they're like little tents. But. Okay, but one of the one of the fascinating adaptations. I go for for a haircut every every six or seven years, and uh, the, when I went to get my haircut, the first time since the uh, the COVID. And they use this little, I don't know, this rubber thing that you, they can keep your mask on and yet clip around your ear. I, I think that's amazing how, how the adaptability of we find ways. And so that little rubber thing that that grabs the mask and holds it on while it goes below. I mean, it's not technically, you know, like it's not like we we found a, a way to propel ourselves to the moon or anything. But it's it's pretty innov- innovative, and we are of that. Uh, but in order to trust that, you know, regardless, you, you mentioned going beyond COVID, for example, we might call that the uh, new abnormal normal. There's going to be some, you know, I've often called it, uh, you know, kind of a, a post-traumatic kind of experience where for a long time, I would I would expect that there's going to be some residue of what's happened during this past year, even after all the vaccines and this damn COVID is is gone and is in the rearview mirror, if if we're in line and someone coughs behind us, you know, we're going. There's going to be a startle. There's going to be all these kind of less than conscious reactions. You know, we've become somewhat uh, paranoid about the you know trusting others and and who who really is uh, maybe too close to us. And th- there's going to be some residue. I think. I think for a while, it's it's going to take some adaptability to go back if we ever go totally back to to really just being casual again but maybe we will i mean fred and wilma did so yeah and and there's something to be said for the trauma that people have experienced whether it was small or large throughout this whole process but i also believe that with any trauma there's also uh, room for growth so i think that after you know when things start to get back to the to the newer normal um, even though we'll have resistance to certain things and be hyper aware, I also think there will be um, a plethora of gratitude and new meaning for people in their lives and really appreciating things that they didn't necessarily appreciate mm-hmm. before. So growth is something that comes from uh, from trying to adapt and trying to move forward and trying to change. It's not all negative, obviously. I mean, people have found you know, ways to cope and things to do with families that uh, heretofore were maybe on the back burner. So, you know, there's always some positive aspect. Uh, it's it's just that I, I, and I go back to the, the fear of change and and why we cling so, you know, just so ferociously to, to the status quo. 
I would guess that the more you are secure, the more you have self-trust in your abilities to handle life, I, I would I would guess that the more likely you are to not be so adverse to change. Uh, so my my yelling at the iPhone on, at every update shows my level of technical insecurity. But I guess the more you believe that you can handle change, uh, the less traumatic change is. You see it that way too? I do. Yeah, I like to think of it sort of like water flowing down a river because it, it flows and it's not deterred by any obstacles in its way. So every time it's forced to change direction, there's no resistance. It just fluidly goes around the rock or the boulder or the riverbed. Mm. And so it's that's sort of the way of life when you look to nature for for ways to live it shows even with the changing of the trees is another metaphor I like to think of where there's no resistance during the fall when the leaves start to change and fall down to the ground like it doesn't they don't cling on to the tree it's just an easy letting go how do and you it, know they don't cling on to the tree <laughs> I've asked how them. do you know every leaf is saying <laughs> no I do not you don't know. no but I love your metaphor about the the water flowing around a rock I've, I've got to I've got to think that way that's that's wonderful because the rock is there and you being the little uh, H2Os of water, uh, you're going to bump into the rock. But if you flow around that rock, then your progress continues. The rock remains and you continue on your path. That's a wonderful uh, image, I think, for us to have right now in terms of what we're facing with our you know, need to continue to adapt to this COVID virus. We need to flow around those rocks. And everyone has those rocks, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we all have obstacles. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, obviously water doesn't have consciousness the way we do. So well, you don't know that. <laughs> well, I do know water is alive, which is interesting, but but it doesn't have the same ability to reflect and grow as as we do as humans. So I think that when we can really embrace change as something that, first of all, is a constant state in the world and then secondly to look at it as an opportunity every time there's a change there's an opportunity for you to upgrade just like your iphone and even though it's difficult and uncomfortable in the moment to accept that change there is an opportunity to be better than you've been before so if you're able to have some self-awareness and reflect slightly in those uncomfortable moments, there's actually the most amount of space for growth. Because when you're living life in your comfort zone, uh, you just kind of are at the status quo. Nothing really will change for the better. Okay, let, let me throw this out to you. There, I, I, as I see it, there are two types of change. One, it will, I'll call externally demanded. That is like the iPhone update, a change in job duties, getting older, things like that. So those are externally demanded need to change or forced to change. The second would be internally motivated. And that's, yeah, I want to get in shape or I want to learn a new language. I want to make new friends. So there's two types of changes, one that, that we produce from an internal need and the other is externally demanded of us. Do you, do you see those two different types of changes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, which uh, do you resist more? Getting in shape, learning a new language or externally updating your iPhone? Definitely the external 
I think with the internal, you have a little more control. Not controlled, one of my favorite words. <laughs> yeah, with uh, internally motivated change, we have the desire for that change, where with externally demanded change, we don't always have the desire. We, we may understand the need to change, like to go back to this virus. I think we all understand the need to change our lifestyles. We don't necessarily like it or, or love it uh, that we have to do this or that differently, but, but we, we understand the need for that. So overcoming resistance to change, there's a practical, you know, a practicality to it. I guess if we believe that the change is necessary and helpful, you know, our grumbling will become less. But sometimes when, when we don't understand the need for change, again, me with my iPhone, uh, we grumble louder because we, we say, why can't we just be left alone? Why can't we just have the life we have and the status quo that we have? So uh, I guess, uh, are we all grumblers at heart? Maybe. I believe that probably if there is a, a structure of safety, if, if somebody feels fully safe in their experience, there's probably a deeper acceptance of change because there's a place to fall back on in some ways. Whereas if somebody is in a situation where they already don't feel safe or like they can trust themselves, then it's likely more difficult. There's more resistance to change. Yeah. So I think the environment that somebody is, is currently in lends itself to the ability to change or to resist change. All right. Well, let's let's talk about uh, becoming uh, less resistant to, uh, and I'll have to qualify it to necessary change. So, so there are going to be challenges for all of us as human beings to to change, whether it be with iPhones or uh, lifestyle or whatever it might be, cars, uh, gadgets, whatever whatever it might be. We'll always have a need to change something in our lives. So, how do we invite? in our own minds, uh, a less resistance and more adaptability. Now, maybe we have to reframe the way we look at change. Do you think that might help? I think so. There's a quote by Socrates that I love that says, the secret to change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. So he, he points to the idea that it's an energetic shift where you need to focus your attention. Hmm. So you're going to drop some uh, Socrates uh, quotes on us today. Mm -hmm. hmm. <laughs> I like that. Pass the hemlock, Socrates. Was it Socrates that passed the hemlock? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. Um, so inviting positive change, you know, what you believe is what you become. So if, if you believe that you can handle, going back to how, almost how we started, if you can believe you can handle, if you have that self-trust, that confidence, you're going to be less resistant to change because especially with necessary change, uh, the externally demanded need to change. If, if, I, if I know that uh, I'm resilient and I have confidence, yeah, I'll figure it out, uh, then I'm, I'm going to be less resistant. So the more resistant you are to change, I guess the more or the more you, you lack in confidence or self-trust. How do we invite positive change into our life? How do, we, how do we start looking at change as a necessary and not a necessary evil? 
but a necessary adaptation to a better life? How do we invite that positive change? Hmm. We may not actually have the motivation in the moment to want to change. Um, and we kind of like trick ourselves into believing that one day we'll have the courage or one day we'll be ready. And the truth is that as humans, we're really never really ready. Um, but what we can do is we can like bolster ourselves with enough self-trust and positivity that we can take the leap to move forward or to embrace that change. So we shouldn't sit around waiting till the moment that we're actually ready to change because you'll be waiting forever. Mm. Um, I don't think there's ever this, you know, moment of, yes, this is the time where I want to uproot my life and I want everything to feel different and I need to reprogram and, you know, relearn all of my tools and skills. Like that just doesn't happen uh, for, for humans. And so I think that understanding that it's not necessarily going to feel like the right time, but you, by taking a risk and moving forward, you allow yourself uh, the opportunity to grow with change. Yeah, yeah. I think you've hit the nail on the head. And, and that's, you know, when you get the little notice on the iPhone, of, of course, I'm just going on and on about iPhones, but uh, that's okay. Uh, when you get the notice, remind me later, it's, it, it, and we hit remind me later, it's what you're saying. You know, we, we, we give ourselves a pass. We're kicking the can down the road. And just like you say, we, we'll eventually get to it, but maybe we don't like to have change forced on us. And I guess that's the case. Uh, but when it's optional change or when it's change that we know we need to get around to, it's, it's nice to be able to hit that remind me later button. And so you're right, though, but eventually, if, if the change is practical and, and even necessary, eventually we come around to doing what we need to do. And, and, and that's why we do survive, and that's why we're so adaptable. But, but I know you always talk about uh, visualizations, and what can we do, you know, in terms of our practices each day in our own minds to, to stop preparing ourselves for change? Mm. Yeah, I do love visualizations because they allow you to actually practice without any risk. So you can practice practice inwardly. So it allows you to feel confident for when you actually do actively try to make that change. And visualization is just um, a way of going inward and really just imagining what can be. And when you visualize, you want to make sure to engage all of your senses. So you want to imagine yourself in the best case scenario of what you are hoping for. And you want to really feel it, see if you can uh, engage your sense of sight, hearing, smell. I mean, as many things as you can to really imagine yourself in that space. And the amazing thing is that your brain actually will respond to that as if it's real. And so you're allowing your neural pathways to start making space for this new thing that can happen. And um, it's sort of, it, well, not sort of, it changes your energetic vibration to actually attract that thing to you. Uh, and I know also in certain realms, like in the sports world, for instance, a lot of Olympic athletes actually use visualization. And there was a study where they actually set up uh, brain monitors on one of the runners. And she, um, she did a full visualization of herself winning the race. 
you always want to imagine the best case scenario. Uh, and as they monitored her brain, she was sitting still in a chair. Uh, it actually showed that her brain was responding as if her body was actually doing that thing. So it really was creating those pathways in her in her brain. Hmm. Yeah, I, I remember a study just like that where they had uh, split a basketball team in half and half were on the bench, half were practicing free throws. And after, you know, and the ones sitting on the bench were told to rehearse and practice visualizations of making those shots. And after, I don't know how many months of practice, uh, both actual practice and mental practice on the bench, uh, the people that were on the bench actually had better percentage of free throw success than those that practiced, actually practiced. So you're right, you know, visualizations can produce profound effects. And, and I think it goes back to what we were talking about last week. Remember the, the three to one, where if you have a negative, uh, it takes three positives. And, and that's the practice. So with, with, you know, kind of resisting change, that would be the negative. Would you guess it would be a good idea to throw in three positives as to why you can handle that change? Yeah, totally. And I think also, noticing, not during the visualization, of course, because you only want to focus on the positive when you're visualizing. That's actually a really important part. You don't want to, you don't want to prime your brain for negative things to happen. Uh, but the other thing to do when you're not visualizing is really just pay close attention to any place you can eliminate anything that's holding you backwards or holding you back from, from the change, whether it's, uh, a sort of mantra that keeps repeating in your mind that says, I can't do this, I, I'm not ready. Or it could be like negative people that aren't supporting your change or maybe even negative input, the things you're reading, the things you're listening to. Um, so try to purify your input. So mm -hmm. anything that you know, you're, you're taking in should be positive, it should be supportive. Uh, and even if the change, it, it feels negative um, to remind yourself reframe it into a positive and and allow yourself to see that even in a negative situation it allows you to grow yeah i think we're talking about the same thing i wasn't referring to a visualization so much as if if all of a sudden i get my little notice again with my iphone i'm sorry but if i get the notice it's time for an update and and i perceive that notice as a negative oh i hate this um for me to, to just remind myself, take a step away from that negative reaction and throw in three positives. And one of those positives might be, you know, some of those changes in the past turned out to be pretty darn good. Uh, and, and I would find three positive things to say. Uh, now, I think that that helps. I think that it, it kind of breaks the stranglehold of negativity because if, if you just embrace a negative, uh, it tends to then solidify itself both in your mind and in your resistance. But if if you kind of puncture that that negativity with three positives, you're relativizing the situation and you're realizing that, you know, resisting change is is quite futile. It's it's really not something that's going to protect or help you, but and we just we just want to be left alone sometimes until we're darn good and ready to change. Maybe that's it. You yeah. know, remind me to change when I'm ready to change because I ain't ready to change right now. Yeah, and unfortunately, in the war of change versus fear, <laughs> change is going to win every single time. So it's either get busy changing or. Get... <laughs> I know that's not the quote, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> get busy living or get busy dying but but you know get get busy accepting change or get busy being stuck i guess those are your two options yeah yeah that, that's exactly right though uh we we can re it's like an elastic band yeah rubber band as you stretch it and stretch it and stretch it we can only go so far resisting change before we snap either we snap apart or we snap back to reality so change is important and if if you fear change then we have to come at the fears the fear itself and so i guess it it, it really comes down to asking yourself what am i afraid of and the best you could probably come out with is, again, the devil, you know, versus the devil, you don't, you know, we just, we just know that we've, we've succeeded at adapting to the devil we know. And we're just not sure that the devil we don't know we're going to like. So I always like that, that devil, you know, versus devil, you don't, I don't know why. Is it just me? Or is that a, a really nice, cute way of saying it? <laughs> I don't know, because well, maybe maybe I like it because it uses the devil because we're we're assuming that you know life is challenge and the devil is those challenges the thing that you know the devilish way that we have to just abandon our status quo and move on but regardless I but but I think it's it's it, we have to challenge our own fears and realize that you know there comes a time where the rubber band is just stretched far enough and it's time, like you said before. It's, you know, we just can't go on kicking that can down the road. But, but it is important to, to distinguish between necessary change or fruitful change and, and change that isn't necessary. Uh, sometimes sometimes we, we make changes in our lives that you know, we, we abandon the, the security and the status quo that we have there are certain changes that are definitely not worthwhile. They're harmful. And I think it's important too to keep uh, an eye on your fear and notice the perceived risk versus the actual risk. Because if we get stuck in that resistance cycle of accepting fear, we often are clouded by what's real and what's perceived as real. So we want to make sure that we are not making the change worse by projecting into ah. the future about all that might go wrong because of it very good yeah we project into the future uh that's that's what worry is about you know we worry about the things uh, and if we worry about how we're going to handle change then of course we're developing some anxiety some stress and we're making it much more difficult for ourselves i am a stream about to approach a rock and as a stream, since I, I know streams are very conscious in spite of what you say, my little water mind says, now, how am I going to approach this rock? Do I just bash my head into it? Because, you know, streams have heads too. Or do I just accept the fact that that rock is not going to move and I need to find a way to go around it? So I'm going to be that stream going forward. Thanks to you, Lauren. You, you know, you always, every week you, you bring... Uh, a possibility, you know, kind of a, a seed that I could cling to to make me a better person. Uh, and, you know, th that stream, I, I just love that. That's wonderful. That's so Zen of you. Namaste, Dad. Oh, namaste. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, so before we, we, we sign off for today, let's let's have some some closing encouraging words that you might give to all of us right now because we are you know there's that old chinese curse may you live in interesting times and these are 
certainly interesting times that require the best of our ability to adapt and move forward. So any, any kind of encouraging words for this being interesting times that we, we really need to embrace more and more change to get to the other side? Mm, for sure. And I think because we were just in our Zen-like namaste mood, I will quote the Buddha for my final closing words. <laughs> oh, because Socrates, <laughs> might as well bring in Buddha. Anyone else? Why not, right? Um, no, I love the Buddha. Uh, but the Buddha says, change is never painful. It's only your resistance to change that is painful. Well, that Buddha, he was, geez, was he smart. Right? It is, so our, it is our interpretation it's always the case. Life doesn't bring us to our knees. It's our reaction to life. Ah, uh -huh. boy, the Buddha, I, I tell you. So I, I'm sure the Buddha would say that uh, flowing around the rock is, is really the way to go. And if we have that reaction of negativity, then change and life itself is going to be negative. So what we believe is what we become and what our life becomes. So how you react to your circumstances makes all the difference in the world. Do you have any other profound people you'd like to bring into today's discussion? <laughs> Maybe C.G. Jung or uh, Einstein? You'd... Einstein, what does Einstein say? God doesn't play dice with the universe. Is that an Einstein quote? I believe so. Mm. And what, what that means to me is that, uh, you know, when it comes to our own evolution, you know, there aren't, it's not an accident that we're here today. Uh, this is uh, an evolutionary adaptational species that we belong to. And change is part of life. And in one point in our evolution, it was all external, the environment. Uh, and now we have many, many different uh, challenges to our psyche, to our soma, and we must keep changing. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't, I, I'm, Einstein might not like what I'm saying, but that's okay. worse. This is not an Einstein one, but I have a quote that says, you must be willing to give up who you are to become who you want to be. Ah, Joseph Campbell. I know that one. Ah, very good. Yeah. Joseph Campbell, what a profound thinker. So that's about it. Um, I'm, if, if you have anything left to say, uh, I'm going to challenge you one more time. It just seems like I'm clinging to this episode today because it's such a good episode. You just don't want the fear of change when this is over. You have to uh, that's right. shift your momentum and yeah. do something different. You, na you nailed it. See, see, I'm getting, I'm into a comfort zone now. It started out where I had to adapt to this conversation. And now I'm at that comfort zone. And, and you're, you know, we're coming to a point where you're going to say, it's time to stop now and go on. Oh. <laughs> well, I would also like to say that I think when we have desires for things in our lives in the future, that we want to believe more in those desires than we believe in our fear. So give your dreams and desires more of your attention, more of your energy than you give to your fears. And if you can do that consistently, then that fluid way of, of living will hopefully mm. be yours. Yeah, okay. So that would be the three to one. Get three of those positive desires and uh, let, let, the, let them be felt, let them be heard in your own mind because we, we need to start desiring uh, evolution in its best sense. So we're headed somewhere, and I don't know where I'm headed after. 
I don't want to leave today. I don't, what's wrong with me? I know you're just resistant. You're so resistant, so resistant. Ah, it's the devil I know. Ah. Do you have an iPhone update waiting for you? Is that why you're? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! And and you know what? And it, and it it usually says you know your iPhone isn't plugged in. So not only do they remind you, but then then you have to plug it in to be reminded and to make it do its thing. So oh, I, the horror. Yeah, it's just you know leave me alone. You'd have to do some I'm visualizing. Getting, I'm, I'm getting so cranky, you know, just, yeah, I'll do some visualizing. I'll do that. that Imagine the river and instead of a stone, it's an iPad, an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it flows. Terrific. That's great. I love it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm a stream and I'm flowing into an iPad <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm looking iPad ahead, iPad ahead. <laughs> Change Hopefully direction. it's in a water resistance. <laughs> Very good. All righty. So um, I'm going to uh, conclude today with a self-coaching pep talk, if that's okay with you. Ooh, yes. All so, good coaches give pep talks, right? Well, some bad coaches do, I guess, too. But that's true. <laughs> but oh. uh, but nevertheless, it was a, a pleasure uh, talking about change because it's such a, an important concept, isn't it? I do think so. So I will see you next week as I roll out this pep talk. Wait, I don't get to hear the pep talk? <laughs> well, you can listen, but you oh, can't okay. respond. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I control the button that says stop recording. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Well, in but, that but case. If you want to interrupt, you can. Feel free. As a matter of fact, I, I, now I insist on it because now I feel guilty. So <laughs> no, I'm that's okay. I will listen silently. No, 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 I no. wish you good luck. No, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this pep talk and then you, I'd like your comment. Okay? Can I cheer or something? Like... No. <laughs> <laughs> no cheering allowed, oh, but, but you may respond to it when I finish. Okay. Okay, great. A self-coaching pep talk. That's how I introduce it. Changes the way of the universe everything changes. That's what we've been talking about today. So in order to evolve, you must change. And in order to do this, you must accept some degree of discomfort. Now, why? Because change requires you to step out of your comfort zone and tolerate the discomfort of doing things differently. Resisting change is to resist nature, your nature. So beware of clinging too tightly to the status quo. You may wind up driving with one foot on life's gas pedal and one foot on the brake pedal, stuck in a life of stagnation. So release yourself from doubts, fears, negatives, and be willing to evolve. And if you do decide to endure the transient discomfort of change, you'll be rewarded. And you'll be rewarded with the permanent comfort of your own personal evolution. Yay! Woo! Wait, that, that was really amazing. I, next week, I'm quoting you, not the Buddha. <laughs> wow. Well, come on. That's a, that's, so you like that pep talk. Good. Yeah, I like that a lot. Thank you so much. And now I'm less resistant to change because now I feel that you've approved. Can you so, share that on social media or something so I can save this, it? Does that require I use my iPhone? 
Uh, you could do it on your computer if you'd like. I'm sure there's not been any updates on that thing for a while. <laughs> I, I, I will share that, I promise. Great. Okay. And I want everyone to visit our selfcoaching.net website where you can learn more about our self-coaching philosophy. And while you're there, check out my number one best-selling books that are now published in 10 languages. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. By definition, victims are powerless and you are not powerless. And remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join Lauren and me and let's let's make it simple Believe together. in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, life is what you make of it. Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart.